This episode is brought to you by Nature's Gem. Nature's Gem CBD products provide relief from joint pain, backaches, anxiety, sleeplessness, and more. For 15% off any Nature's Gem products, use code AMR at naturesgemcbd.com. Welcome to AMR Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dimity McDowell. And we are in the, Sarah, are we not in the best month for running right now? I mean, it is, October is just running Nirvana. It is. Oh, come on, say it. It's delicious. Say it, Dim. Say it. No, but I want to, Nirvana is a similar word. (laughs) I mean, the leaves here in Denver are like just going off and like off in all capital letters. And I don't know if it's because um, I mean, it's crazy because we're in a drought um, and we had an early snow and that usually like mutes the colors. So I'm wondering, if it's just me, like if it's me that changed because I, you know, COVID is like making me appreciate the fact that like the leaves are beautiful. And before I was just like, oh God, something else to do. I got to rake them all off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Because I was going to say, well, so first of all, our leaves t- must turn a little later than yours do. Okay. We have, we have some... I'm looking right now out uh, the window and I see a maple that has some dark red on it. But by and large, our leaves are all still green. But we also have a drought and drought definitely diminishes how pretty leaves are. Yeah. So we haven't gotten there yet. But in terms of temperature, oh. that, it's heavenly. Yeah. Just perfect. And, even, and, you know, as we all, or most of us know, I'm not running, but I mean, you know, like walking the dogs in the morning is really pleasant. Going for an evening walk, you don't, you know, I'm like, I can wear leggings and a sweatshirt and not be too hot, you know, and, um, you know, riding my bike, like that's a little harder because you got to like, <laughs> as soon as you get the wind and the cold together, you got to, got to be very uh, deliberate about your layers, but still, it's just, it's just a perfect month for, for beauty. It is. I'm finding myself taking more walks. I walked the dog while we were on a, I was walking the dog while we were on a call this morning, Timothy. And you know, Augie is a little French bulldog. He really doesn't need any exercise. Three mile, like a half K. <laughs> Pretty much, pretty much. And that's a long walk for Augie. Sometimes yeah. we just go around the block. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, but I've taken him on walks the past two evenings because we've been eating a little earlier. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, I, I guess I'll go outside. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. So, and I'm, uh, I'm pushing things. Uh, I'm going to do what I think will be my final pond swim for the season. I'm doing that tomorrow, um, which is Saturday as we record this and the latest I've ever gone swimming in the pond was last year, October 9th. And hmm. so to go on the 16th, that's, that's a week later. Let me do the math for you. It's a PR. It's a PR, Sarah. Good job. Who says you can't get a PR in COVID? Pond PR. <laughs> I went to um, the indoor pool, uh, mm. this week, which was the first time I've done that since February. Um, and I, I, you know, I mean, I stayed away because they closed and then they, you know, and then I was swimming outside for a while. So it's been a while. Um, but I, I don't know. I was a little, I mean, nervous is, is too strong of a word, but you know, I mean that there's not a lot of uh, ventilation in indoor pools, or at least the one that, you know, the, the rec center, you've been there, Sarah. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. It's a fine, it's not like it's gross or anything, but it's just, you know, you just kind of worry a little bit. Um, so, but I got there and nobody was there. Um, mm-hmm. And so like six lanes, I picked the one closest to the window that had all these, of course, <laughs> colors going off. This because they have a huge wall of windows. 
So that was beautiful. Um, and then by the time I left, it was all, it wasn't all filled up, but there were one to two people in each lane. And, um, but yeah, it was fine. I mean, the, the biggest issue, and I, I talked about this during a live strength workout, it's definitely a first world problem was, um, you know, the showers, I don't even know if they're, they're available or not. They, they said they were like had limited lockers and showers. So I just read that as don't even ask, don't worry about it. Just, you know, come and go. <laughs> so, you know, you get home and like, you know, I'm just reeking of chlorine and like my skin is all dry because it's dry here and stuff. So that's my only complaint is that I feel like, you know, I might be adding more wrinkles to my face by <laughs> not getting that chlorine off quickly enough. But see, because we have very strict protocols at the few pools that are open here. And, you know, it is one way traffic. It is you go through the locker room out to the pool deck and you are not allowed back. I mean, I guess if you were about to explode because you had to go to the bathroom, you could go back in. But um, you are not allowed back into the shower area, the locker area, nothing. You just hop out and, and it's, um, you know, I've talked about before, I guess I've talked about maybe on the main podcast, maybe this one about uh, you call, you make a reservation. The only people who are allowed to share lanes are people who are in, you know, in their own pod. So my friend um, got to swim in the same lane as her husband. Um, so yeah, and it's 45 minute slots and out the door you go right at, at huh. quarter after. I, well, and we we had that for um, outdoor swims, I, mm. they, and they were a little bit tighter before they've, you know, they got rid of the reservation system. And yeah, I mean, I guess it's a big area, you know. I mean, like I said, you've been there. I mean, you've seen it. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like you know, you know. So if I put my clothes, I mean, there are lots of benches and things to put your clothes on. So, yeah, it's um, ours. I guess we're just a little looser. We we play a little loose and fast out here in Colorado <laughs> with our indoor pools, but uh, but it was nice. It was nice. We'll have fun on Saturday, and uh, yeah. Hope- Chili. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, here is our first question. It comes from Jackie in Auburn, Massachusetts. Hi, Sarah and Dimity. This is Jackie. I'm calling from Auburn, Massachusetts. I've been listening to your podcast for about a year and loving it. And this is my first round of a training plan with you guys doing the Love 2.0, which I love. Um, really growing my mileage pretty nicely and feeling really good. So thank you for that. My question is, as we start growing mileage and um, getting double-digit runs or beyond the double-digit runs, I still have anxiety about the run, even though I know I can do it. I've already done it several times, but I still get this anxiety about having to go out for the longer things approaching, like, two-hour runs. Um, And I'm just wondering if you have tips on how to overcome some of that anxiety or get some confidence looking towards your really longer runs. Look forward to hearing about this topic, and thank you so much for everything that you guys do for our community. So, Jackie, first off, thank you so much for your sweet gratitude about um, what we do here at AMR and the shows and everything, so thank you. Yeah, and we love that you're part of the Love the Run program, if that's been a very fun addition. Again, like COVID brings us some some joys, and Love the Run you're with has been part of that, so that's been great. Yeah, yeah. So listening to Jackie's question, I was immediately taken back to Molly, my best running friend who suffered from such anxiety when she was training for her first marathon. So that was, oh gosh, maybe close to a decade ago, but I just, and and she and I didn't know each other all all that well back then. We weren't running partners. And she told me that, you know, she would be barely able to get out of bed. She was convinced that um, you know, I don't know, she kind of half jokingly was like, well, should I, you know, like, 
call the police and let them know where I'm going, like all this stuff. And um, so she ended up, Molly ended up not being able to complete that training cycle due to an injury, but it was really kind of touch and go the way she tells it as to whether or not she'd be able to continue with the long run training just because she'd think about where she was going and it just seemed so daunting that she um, had trouble getting over those thoughts. Sure. And I think that Molly sounds like an extreme case, but I think it's pretty normal to have to dread that long effort, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, I remember, I mean, all my training cycles, it wasn't just Ironman, but it was, you know, when I was training for a a faster half marathon or um, doing a half Ironman, like anytime you're going to, you know, you know, you're going to be out there for longer than is comfortable, or you have a workout that is uncomfortable, there is always a sense of dread. And, and that's, I just think it's human um, and I, and it's okay. And I, you know, I, I would say my guess is that professional athletes have that any as well. Like, it's not like they're like, yes, I'm gung ho for every single workout. I can't wait to go run 14 miles <laughs> harder than I want to, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> and I think one of the things that I did um, and I continue to do actually is just, you know, that, that Saturday run is coming regardless of, whether you give it energy or not, right? So, you know, that's at, you know, say it, say you have a 10 mile or your first double digit, or it sounds like you've done that, but you know, maybe it's you're doing 10 again, you know, and you, you, you know, you're going to go on Saturday morning. So if you're worrying about it Wednesday morning, no, no, you say that's four days away. I'm, I will worry about it on when Saturday morning comes, when I lace up my shoes and I prepare or maybe start preparing Friday night for it. That's when I'll start to think about it, right? But if you give it mental energy and all your anxiety and all that prior to that, you're just giving it too much power because the reality is if you're on the Love the Run training program or any training program that you've followed and has, you know, very judicious increases in effort and mileage and that kind of thing, you are prepared to run that far. It may it's not going to be lovely the whole time. It's not going to be delicious. It's probably (laughs) going to be uncomfortable for part of it, but that's part of why we like this, right? Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. part of why we run is so that you have, you know, I feel, I dread, I dread, I dread. I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. And holy cow, I did it all. Look at me. I'm flying high. I feel so good. I'm so proud of myself. And Mm -hmm. you kind of have to remember that because you're going to got to come back and do it again the following week, right? <laughs> um, now that sounds really simple, but I just, I really think that that's important to, you know, just not give it too much space in your brain because you have the power over it. You really do. And, and, you know, you can do certain things like Sarah, you suggested on these lovely notes, you know, going back and looking what, what you've done, you know, if, if you're going 12 miles and you went 10 last week, look back and be like, okay, I ran 10 miles. I can add two more to that. That's not, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not impossible. Or think about um, a really hard workout when you didn't want to go and you went and did it and actually felt much better than you thought it was going to. You know, you can look back on your Strava, you can look back at a training journal, or you can Mm -hmm. just kind of process where you want to be. Because again, like you, you have the power within you, but you can't give too much power to any specific workout. I like that, Dimity. The it's all about the power and the, taking it back and and holding it within yourself, and and you know you can also do things. I mean, have a friend or family member join you, Jackie. You know, if you know that oh gosh, the I start to feel like the wheels are getting a little wobbly on the bus around mile eight. Have somebody meet you there, and then join you, run alongside of you, or bike alongside of you for 
two or four or whatever the rest of the run is. I mean, you could, you know, kind of do a little clover leaf so that you can pick them up back at home. So they're not waiting for you on some random corner or something. (laughs) So, um, I mean, also speaking of that, I think sometimes you have to decide whether going near your house or your starting point is a good idea for you or a bad idea for you. And because I know that some people I'm thinking of our friend Kate in Iowa, Dim, and she sometimes, you know, will like, she's a transfer ultras and she'll go back to her car and, you know, drop off some clothes or, you know, get her, her food that she's eating on the run. And I'm just like, Oh no, if I got back there, like I never go past my house because the, the lure of the house is too strong. So, um, you know, I, I was thinking about my, uh, a 20 mile run that I did for, um, I think it was marathon, maybe number three. And I had a friend visiting from San Francisco and her name's also Sarah. And she rode her bike alongside of me the entire time. Like, it's just like so nice. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, there's certain things that you can do to absolutely get over it, but if it's, if it's really just the anxiety of the workout itself, mm-hmm. you know, again, I mean, I, I relate it to, and I promise I'll get off my little pedestal after this, but we <laughs> talked a little back, back when I used to go to expos, right. <laughs> and you, you know, you're talking, um, you know, before a marathon, right. And say that there's a big hill at mile 19. If you worry about that hill at mile 19, when you're running mile two, again, like you're giving it too much energy. It's, it's not going to move, you know, it's still going to be there whether or not you think about it for 17 miles or not. Mm-hmm. So, and you're going to have to get up it, right? So mm-hmm. the same thing, like you're going to have to get through this workout somehow. And usually it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Truly, truly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Tiana from Saskatchewan, Canada called in with this question. Hi, this is Tiana. I am from Carnda, Saskatchewan, Canada. I'm calling to see if you ladies have any suggestions on quick and um, good running meals to have in the morning um, before I head out for my run. I wake up about 10 to 5 and I'm out the door by about 10 after 5 every morning. So I need something really quick. Um, I have a banana all the time, but I find if I'm running, you know, between 8 and 10 miles that morning, that sometimes that's just not quite enough. And as much as I can, I like to stay away from having a goo or something like that on my run, just on a regular um, leisurely run, um, just because of the cost. And plus, I always try and stick with kind of a real food option if possible. So just was interested to see what you ladies do. Um, I love the podcast and thank you very much. So Tiana, I hear you on this question that it seems like for me, and it sounds like it's the same with Tiana, that that eight mile mark is kind of the, where I really need something a little bit more than just, you know, maybe a couple ounces of orange juice or a sport drink with something in, like I really need a little bit of food in my belly to um, go through. But, but yet, you know, she only has 20 minutes from alarm to out the door. So she doesn't have a lot of time. So Dim, what would be some of your suggestions? I mean, that's, that's impressive. I like the 20 minutes. You're, you, you're my hero, Tian. Um, so, I mean, so the, so having sat next to Ellie Kempton, who was our runs a simply nurse, like a mother program and, and has done a bunch of other stuff with us. Um, one of the things that you can do to help your breakfast is add some fat to it, mm-hmm. which I know we're all like carbs, carbs, us runners need car We runners need carbs. Um, but, um, but fat it can also be a real asset 
um, especially to help you feel full and to help fuel runs that are not necessarily super intense, you know, Mm -hmm. so if you're going for a longer run. So if you like your banana, um, I'm going to sound like Ellie right now, but add some almond butter on it. Like put (laughs) Take a, you know, take a bite, swab some almond butter, take a bite, swab some almond butter. Similarly, if you want to stay with something in the carb vein, you know, you can, um, you can have like an English muffin with some almond butter or some honey or peanut butter works too, of course. Um, half a bagel. Um, can, can I make an almond butter plug here? Dim? Yeah. Yes. From Goo. Oh my gosh. From our friends at Goo, it, they are two separate Boone, B-O-O-N, two, you know, it, it's not like they've turned Goo into almond butter. It's, a, it's you know, <laughs> a separate product, but oh my gosh, their almond butters are so good. The chai spice one and the sweet ginger. Oh, do I love those almond butters. So anyway, you go, you go on talking. I just had to tell Yeah, you. I... I agree 100%. It's very, very good. Um, mm-hmm. You can put that on a banana as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some crackers and a hard boiled egg. That sounds make, um, you know, if that's, if you want something that's just like, you know, easy fuel to potentially get down. I mean, you're looking for something easy and simple. So I would say, you know, getting some protein in there, um, like, like a hard boiled egg, um, you know, the almond butters, it's not a huge source of protein. There's a little bit in there, but you get your fat. Um, and then some carbs as well. So that's kind of where I would start with something quick and easy. The other thing is muffins, right, Sarah? Oh yeah, yeah. You and your you and your pumpkin chocolate chip muffins. It's the season for them. Um, I have a um, I love a good homemade muffin. Um, I have a, a little bit wider repertoire of ref- recipes. Um, zucchini chocolate chip. There's still lots of zucchini out there. Banana nut. Um, I do this fabulous um, pumpkin muffin that has ground pepitas, you know, um, pumpkin seeds in the batter and it's a Bon Appetit recipe and I'll put the link in the show notes. It's just, oh, it adds this texture and um, extra protein. And, oh, it's good. It's good. How do you, you have to ground the pepitas yourself? It, uh, <laughs> with my little mortar and pestle? No, I was <laughs> like, no, in the, I have a, you know, uh, it's a mini Cuisinart type thing. So. Oh, I have one of those too. I yeah. know. <laughs> yes what we have been using it more yes so and I'm using my Cuisinart a lot more too actually so mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of our underlying theme here is I'm using my kitchen gadgets that I <laughs> had for 20 years since we got married right? <laughs> right yeah so so those are super tasty and I just um I kind of look forward to it so it helps me wake up a, because I'm like oh I got those good you know pumpkin and pepita muffins downstairs a pepita squared muffins <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Ever since meeting the founder of Nature's Gem CBD at the Twin Cities Marathon Expo, we were booth neighbors, we felt a connection to the founder and the brand she created. Lisa's a mother runner and Lisa founded Nature's Gem after discovering the benefits of CBD for herself after being sidelined for nearly a decade by the effects of fibromyalgia. Dimity and I believe in the power of CBD and how it can help runners with a host of issues, including anxiety, insomnia, backaches, and plantar fasciitis pain. Nature's Gem offers a variety of CBD products, including oil and gummies that taste good and are THC-free. It's why several elite athletes trust and use the product in their quest to qualify for the Olympics. Nature's Gem Rejuvenating Balm is the company's number one selling product and a favorite of mine. I use it to relieve lower back pain and post-workout strain. The non-greasy balm melts into the skin and provides fast relief. I'm talking fast. It even comes in a roll-on balm that's the perfect size for traveling or packing into your running belt. 
And at the end of a rough day, I rely on Nature's Gem CBD oil to ease stress and quiet my mind. I love how it has no discernible flavor. Some CBD oils I've tried tasted like dirty pine bark. Ugh, not Nature's Gem. And it's readily absorbed under my tongue. Nature's Gem offers a special 15% discount to us mother runners. To get it, use code AMR when checking out at naturesgemcbd.com. Again, to save 15%, use code AMR at naturesgemcbd.com. That's N-A-T-U-R-E-S-G-E-M-C-B-D.com. Suzanne from Los Angeles has this question. Hi, Sarah and Dimity. This is Suzanne from Los Angeles. And I'm calling because uh, during quarantine, I've been trying to build up my base mileage and uh, trying to run consistently uh, throughout this time. And I keep hearing about the 10% rule. Uh, where you should only add 10% each week to your mileage. However, I'm confused as to 10% of what? Do I add 10% of my complete weekly mileage? You know, if I'm doing 30 miles a week, do I just add three miles the next week? And do I add it kind of distributed over the course of the week? Or do I add 10% to my long run? So if I'm doing 10 miles as a long run, do I just do 11 miles the next week? So I'd really appreciate your clarity. And thank you so much. I really enjoy your podcast. Awesome. First of all, Suzanne, for um, having a focus during the pandemic, um, just building up your base mileage. There is nothing that's like the best thing you can do or one of the best things you can do. Maybe making pepita muffins might be a close second. (laughs) And, and wanting to do it in a smart way and not get injured. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when I first listened to this question, I thought, oh, easy peasy answer because uh, she should be adding 10% to her weekly mileage. So like the example that Suzanne left in her message, you know, if she ran 30 miles last week, she um, should run 33 miles and no more this week. But then I kind of stepped back and gave this, the question a second thought. And I was like, well... You know, like, how do you decide how to split up that extra distance and spread it out a bit like, you know, almond butter on an English muffin? You know? <laughs> sure, sure. And well, and um, the 10% rule applies to distance, right? So that 30 to 33 gap that we're talking about here. But then it also applies to intensity. And that's mm. something that sometimes people forget. So, mm. you know, so if you're doing, you know, six 400s one day at the track, um, that's your only intensity, you know, um, 10% of six. I mean, you could probably do seven the next week, um, you know. So, I mean, the idea is that you're not going to go from six 400s to 10 400s to, you know, 14 400s. You know, you mm-hmm. want to also be really cognizant of not adding too much intensity. So, you can usually um, uh, calculate intensity in minutes. That's a little bit easier to do. So, you know, say if you're running 400s and it takes you, 2.30, say, you know, so that's 10 minutes of, um, if you do four of them, mm-hmm. right, that's 10 minutes of intensity. So, you know, another 10% is like one minute, which so you, you could add one for hundred safely, right? Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a little, obviously 20%, but, you know. You, that was a lot of math on the fly, Dim. I am seriously impressed. Thanks. <laughs> um, that's the other thing I've been working on during my COVID is, is my 
Um, but anyway, so yeah, so adding, you know, adding it in, you know, I mean, if, if it's three miles, yeah, I would make maybe your long run one mile longer, maybe add a mile to one of the ones during your midweek and then half a mile to two other runs during the midweek. I mean, you don't want to plop all three onto a long run until, you know, until, until you're into safe territory. So if like, you know, if you're going from like 16 to 18 to 20, that's adding mm-hmm. two on at a time. I mean, I guess that's fairly safe. Adding three onto a long run, you know, in marathon distance, you don't typically do that. You typically go two, mm-hmm. two up at a time, which again, like does that fit exactly into the rules. Maybe not, but it's, it, it respects the spirit of the rule. Let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not exactly the letter of the law, but we'll let it pass. Yeah, um, exactly. yeah. Yeah. So that's intriguing. I didn't realize that it was for um, distance and intensity. So I learned something here too that some coaches think that I mean you know again like the, the biggest thing is being conservative right you know because if you go too hard too fast too soon that's when injuries occur so mm-hmm. the, you know if you just think which she's doing Suzanne's doing really well is you know being conservative mm-hmm. um, and being smart about her progressions she's going to be good yeah 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 all right the final question comes from Kate in Yakima Washington Hi, this is Kate from Yakima, Washington, calling with a hill repeat rookie question. Um, I've never really like intentionally run hill repeats until the love the run your risk plan. And I'm curious how steep the hill should be that I do the repeats on. I've got some, some hills in the neighborhood and, and I just don't know how steep they should be i so uh let me know how to do it thanks bye so kate please know we were all hill repeat rookies at some point (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly so um so I mean, coaches are going to vary. Uh, Sarah, you found a great um, article in Runner's World, and we'll link to that, um, which is uh, which advocates for a six to eight percent grade. Um, that is a pretty intense little grade. And so that's going to be really short, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to have a six to 8% grade, I mean, that's going to be a 30 second climb, maybe 45 seconds at the most. Um, if you're going to go for a three minute hill repeat or two minute, if you're getting, you know, getting oh, yeah. an, um, you know, big Sur marathon or mm-hmm. something like that, then you're going to want to have more of a three to 4% grade. I mean, most of the programs, you know, that we have in the Train Like a Mother Club, we, we give um, conversions to treadmills, right? Because a lot of people neither don't have hills in their area or do their workouts on the treadmill. And it's usually the coaching advice usually goes anywhere from three to 5%. Oh, okay. Um, just FYI. But that, you know, I've definitely done very steep, very hard hill repeats. But again, you kind of, you either adjust one, you either adjust the intensity, the duration, right? Mm-hmm. You can't have intensity and duration both unless you're, you know, going out for the steeplechase in the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and then also sometimes I've had to do, like when I was training for Boston in 2016, I had to do really long hill repeats, like, you know, I don't know, quarter mile, half mile, that type of thing. And so that then even doing it on, you know, a 2% supposedly and then it wasn't until afterwards I found out and the coach looked at my you know stats and she was like oh yeah that was more of a four percent grade and I'm like oh no wonder it felt so hard so the false flats right Sarah remember for oh the best one of the best essays you ever wrote 
Because <laughs> a false flat is, and you know what? It's so funny. I've, I've hit a false flat twice this past weekend. Um, when I was riding my bike, I rode my bike Saturday morning and Sunday morning. And both mornings, the, the, the hallmark of a false flat is that you're like, why is this so hard? And why am I going so slow? Or why is my heart rate so high? Like I'm relatively rested again. Like you're like questioning why something that feels easy and looks fairly easy is being more of an effort. And then you either turn around and look behind you or you turn around and actually run the other direction. And you're yeah. like, holy cow, I'm flying. That was hard. You were, you were climbing, but it was a sly little sucker and it didn't let you really know you were climbing because it didn't, it didn't advertise itself as a hill, right? <laughs> there was no steep incline ahead sign at the beginning of it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, so that's, I mean, you know, that false flat feeling, I mean, there's, that's every, I mean, again, like we can definitely break it down and there's certain, certainly reasons to say, run this incline for this far or, you know, run this incline for further. But the reality is, is all hill work is good work, right? And so <laughs> even if it falls flat and it's like 1% grade and, and you're like, ugh, that didn't do anything except for annoy me. Like in, the reality is, is it was good, right? It's a good <laughs> little practice for you, both um, cardiovascularly and muscularly. So I wrote that down as a quote. That's going to show up on our Instagram feed. All hill work is good work. <laughs> there you go. It's true. It's our BOGO. It's our favorite little <laughs> phrase around these parts. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, Dim, you know what? We are very much in need of questions because last time we were supposed to have answers. We ran that interview that Kay Carrie Tolfson did of who interviewed us. And so we haven't had an episode in close to a month. So people have been forgetting to call in with their questions. So Gosh. yes. So please call 470-BADASS-1, which translates to 470-223-2771. The phone does not ring anywhere. So you can call anytime, day or night. And uh, please leave your first name and where you're calling from and keep your message to 90 seconds or less. Absolutely. And, you know, so we've, we've celebrated October. So we know that everything is great and everyone's doing well, but winter is coming. We heard. So, you know, if you need to talk about what to wear during winter, um, how to, you know, talk, you know, snowshoeing, cross-country skiing, Treadmill how traction, treadmills, all that stuff. We'd love to talk about that. So, mm -hmm. so please, uh, you know, cast a wide net and no question, as you well know, is too basic or too much information. Yeah. Can I throw one thing in, Tim? We do also have a customer service phone number, which doesn't ring too often, but it rings through to my cell number and, and my home number. I think if, I don't know if my cell's turned off or something. And so I answered it the other day and I, you know, put on my little customer service voice and I'm like, this is Sarah with Mother Under Store. How can I help you? She goes, oh, I thought this was the answers number. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's 470-BADASS-1. She's like, okay, I'll call that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she called. Did she yeah. call? Did I she did, it, it, it just popped into my head right now. So I didn't think, and I don't think I got her name. So I don't know if I, and I don't think she would have started out by saying, hey, Sarah, just talked to you on that other phone number. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so keep the questions coming ladies because we're here with some answers mm -hmm.